Daniel and I, he's my, Daniel's my prayer partner. We <laughs> pray together most Saturday mornings when we're both in town, which is most of the time, but once in a while it doesn't happen, but we get together around 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning and we uh, love to pray for the minister here at Grace Church and also to pray for all the families here at Grace. So if you always feel just a sense of peace coming over you at 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning, and think someone must be praying for me. Right. Well, rest assured that uh, we are praying. And Daniel, you know, he has a real uh, heart with, for God, and I just love to, to pray with him and, and uh, agree with him in prayer, and he agrees with me, and we're just believing God that he has good things in store for all of us, so amen. amen. So even when I fall asleep while he's praying, he just keeps <laughs> right on praying. So. <laughs> that has happened already, hasn't it? <laughs> so praise God. So. As Daniel ministered last Sunday morning uh, from Matthew 25, he's uh, talking about different principles of the kingdom of God. And we're going to continue along that line again this morning. Uh, Daniel has some, some more insight that he's going to be sharing with us. And uh, Daniel, it's uh, been my observation, as, as uh, my own experience as a Christian and also the other believers that I associate with and, you know, the, the church here, Grace Church. It's my from my perspective, this is not a scientific poll or anything like this. It's just my observations that when we talk about the kingdom, when we use the terminology kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, you know, they're interchangeable to some extent. But it's been, been my observation that for the most part, we're familiar with the word kingdom when it comes to the Lord's Prayer. You know, the one verse in the Lord's Prayer, I think it's verse 10 in Matthew 6, is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray that and we enjoy talking to God and we put that phrase in there, your kingdom come, your will be done. But I personally, and I, I believe it's for most, most of us, have such a limited revelation or insight as to what did I just pray for? Like for example, when I pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, exactly what, is that, what does that entail? What does that encompass? And, uh, you know, Jesus, almost all his parables were related to kingdom principles to teach us about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And so we pray for that kingdom to come, to be manifested on earth as it is in heaven, but then we go right on living our lives mostly by earthly principles. And so we have that one, but then also uh, later in that same chapter, Matthew chapter six, where Jesus is also teaching about how we're not supposed to worry about what we should eat, what we should drink, or what we should wear. Then he repeats it again in verse 31. It's therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Continues, but seek first the kingdom. So rather than worrying, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? The alternative to that, or the solution to that, the antidote to that is seek first the kingdom. Well, that's nice, that's a nice Christian slogan. Don't worry, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that we worry about, eating, drinking, wearing, sleeping, driving, uh, worshiping, <laughs> all these things we worry about, they will be added unto us. And again, that's, that can be a source of comfort, but do we really comprehend what Jesus is saying when he's saying, don't worry, but seek first. So I asked Daniel to address that from that perspective on what are we really seeking when we're seeking first the kingdom of God? And so some of the principles he has to share with us today, I'm gonna uh, be quiet now and let him do that. So 
I ask you to help, and here I am taking over. <laughs> so tell us about the kingdom, how we shouldn't worry, but seek first the kingdom, or your kingdom come, your will be done. Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. Um, really, the term kingdom of God is a very um, common, I mean, term in the Christendom, and we all talk about it, the kingdom of God. Uh, but uh, for most part, uh, we lack understanding of the principles of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And it is good that we are talking about it today. Uh, as a matter of fact, the kingdom of God is the realm where God exists in complete authority. Um, and complete authority with full of righteousness and holiness, where his rules are acknowledged in the hearts of men. As a matter of fact, uh, it is where his reign um, its reign is seen and experienced. It's unlike any political or um, democratic nation. The kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God. Okay. In um, John chapter 18, uh, the book of John talks explicitly about what the kingdom of God is. Uh, when Jesus Christ was asked, uh, whether he's a king or not, it is, he went on to say that my kingdom is not, that's in John 18, verse 36, says that my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servant would fight so that I should not be delivered uh, to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. And Pastor Ray, I'd like to actually read up to the verse number 38. In the verse 37, it says that, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And the verse 38 says that, Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. So here, um, Jesus Christ is telling all of us that his kingdom is not of this world. Right, not That's of this world. Not of this world. And, and because in Romans 14 and verse 7, it says the kingdom again, or 17, I guess it is, Romans 14, right. 17, that it's not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So basically, it's, it's, it's telling us that, not that we shouldn't eat or drink, but the kingdom of God is not in the natural realm. When you think of eating and drinking, sustaining life in the natural realm, that's, that's important. But the kingdom is righteousness, which is in right relationship with God peace that can be experienced and joy that is to be experienced so there's a there's a realm of the kingdom that we're longing for an inward longing and desire that that is uh, not just something we can not just something that we're always longing for and never able to experience it but it's something that we really are to be able to experience that right relationship with god and accompanied by a peace and a joy in the holy spirit amen that is correct that's uh, i really do agree with apostle paul when he said that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, um, but 
righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that is rightly so because uh, mostly we base our lives on circumstances and culture that is around us. Um, and for the most part, <laughs> we really do lack uh, understanding of the kingdom of God because uh, uh, we don't realize that our citizenship is not of this world, but our citizenship is of heaven. If the moment we come to realization of that, then uh, we will all agree with what Mars Monroe said, that uh, the success of your life depends upon how well you live out the kingdom life. It's powerful. It is. So what would you, uh, speaking of the kingdom then, you know, and moving along, what would you consider to be the various dimensions of the kingdom of God and helping us define it so we can recognize it when it's manifested to us or, you know, when you're searching for something, it's good to know what you're searching for. Seek first the kingdom. Well, you know, to look for something or to seek for something, you have no idea what it looks like. (laughs) Right. It makes it much more challenging. So when we know what it have an idea of what it's supposed to look like. So what would be some various dimensions of that that would help us identify what we're looking for? Right, before we even get to um, uh, your question, there's one thing I've observed about the kingdom of God, and that is the fact that uh, preaching the kingdom of God is even very, very dangerous. You know, and um, in my opinion, <laughs> at least, <laughs> because when you look through the scriptures, the Bible says that Uh, John the Baptist came preaching about the kingdom uh, of God, and he was beheaded. Jesus Christ came continuing the same message, saying that repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, and he was crucified. Also, his disciples decided that they will continue with the same message that the Lord Jesus uh, have preached and taught them, and they have to pay with their lives. So... Preaching the kingdom of God really is very dangerous because it threatens the kingdom of Satan. It threatens the kingdom of darkness. So spiritual warfare will come. Absolutely. Related to this. You're telling us it's dangerous. What we're looking for is dangerous. It is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Aren't we, aren't we uh, trained in the natural realm that something's dangerous? We're to stay away from it? No, (laughs) we had to embrace it because it really does uh, uh, threatens the kingdom of God. Um, Now, you mentioned the various uh, uh, dimensions of the kingdom of God. Uh, According to uh, Dr. Thompson K. Matthew, uh, he's a professor of theology at ORU, Ora Roberts University, and... uh, he defined the, the four dimensions of the, uh, of the kingdom of God, and he mentioned that uh, there is the time dimension of the kingdom of God, uh, the values of the kingdom of God, the priorities of the kingdom of God, and also the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So, so four, four different dimensions. Correct. Time, time values, mysteries, what was it? Priorities, Priorities. Okay. and mysteries, yes. Wow. And so speaking of time, you know, with, with the kingdom, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. So one of the tensions that I recognize in, in my spiritual walk, and it's basically, it's, it's the underlying principle why we are called to live by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's that uh, the kingdom of God, it always represents, it always presents us with that 
already, you, know, you read the promises of God, they read as already done, finished work at Calvary's cross, but not yet. And there's a tension between the already, the promise, and the not yet manifestation of it. But yet when you read the promises of God, it promises that it is so. One of them concerning healing, the prophet Isaiah, and by his stripes we were healed. That's right. Past tense, you know, it's, it's already happened. But if you're not enjoying complete health right now, it's not yet manifested. So there's a tension there. Well, he promised it, but it's not yet manifested. But in the kingdom of God, that's why we live by faith. Yes, I might not experience the fullness of it yet, but I'm living by faith, believing I'm going to receive it. So uh, talking about the, the, the time concept of it, I think one of the illustrations for me is, and I'm always reminded of the story of uh, Lazarus. After Lazarus had died and, and his sisters uh, were lamenting his death and, and mourning it and then they called for Jesus to come but Jesus didn't come and four days had elapsed before Jesus arrived and then in that confrontation with Jesus uh, Mary I believe is the one that said you know if you had if you would have been here he would not have died now think about the time frame of that if you would have been here he would not have died as if he would have been here talking about four days ago Things would have been different if Jesus would have been here. Have you ever entertained the thought that if Jesus were here, or if I only had the opportunity to walk the earth while Jesus walked the earth, if Jesus were walking with me, I know this would be good. If Jesus were here, I know I would receive my miracle. If Jesus were here, I know I have confidence if in the past it would have been different. But the reality is we're not living in the past, we're living in the now. And so Jesus endeavoring to console and to bring forth confidence and belief and to stir up faith said, your brother will live again. He will rise again. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, she wanted to receive that, but she received it as something in the future. She immediately said, I know he will in the resurrection, in the future. And so that's many times how we live. We think, well, in the past, it, could, it would have been different had Jesus been involved in this, but my situation, the mess I'm in right now today, there's not much hope for it. But in the future, someday, in the sweet by and by, someday, I know for sure when we all get to heaven, it's gonna be good. But what about right now? Remember the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, right now on earth as it is in heaven? So we don't always have to be thinking that, well, in the future, it's gonna be good again. You can receive your miracle today. Amen. Preaching Amen. your message again, Daniel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That's a very good, um, actually, illustration uh, of the time concept of the kingdom of God. And you rightly mentioned uh, the time dimension, the kingdom of God, talking about the past, the present, in the future, the Bible says that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. forever. Amen. So the, um, the past concept or the past, in the past, the kingdom of God came. Uh, according to the scriptures, John the Baptist was very sure of it when uh, he, de he declared that Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Is at hand. That is in Matthew chapter 3, verse, verse 2. And then also in Matthew 12 and the verse 28, Jesus Christ said that 
If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus' main aim of coming on this earth is to establish the kingdom of God in the hearts of men on earth here. That, that was his, his mission. He is the king of the kingdom. So the moment um, the king arrives on earth, the kingdom has come. That's what uh, uh, John the Baptist was signaling the body of Christ, all, all humanity, to understand that, look, the king of the kingdom is here. And he's here on earth. And making all aware that the king of the kingdom is here and with all of his government authority. The, author- the government is upon his shoulder and is right here in the hearts of men. So we are walking and we have the kingdom of God right in us. Amen. Kingdom authority. Right. Yes. Right now. Yep. Yeah. Then Jesus tell Peter when he asked the disciples, who do, who do men say that I am? They gave various titles who they thought he may have been. And Jesus said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Right. On that revelation that, that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, on that revelation, I'm going to build my church on that revelation. And then not only they say, I'm going to build the church, but I'm going to give you, and I'm also going to give you the keys Everyone say keys. Keys. Keys represent authority. If you have keys to my house, that means you have authority to get in it. If you don't have keys and you don't know my code on the keypad, it's probably best you not be in my house. Same with your house. So keys represent authority. Jesus, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom, to this kingdom that we're talking about. Jesus gave us authority to operate in this kingdom. And not only did he say, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, but he also said, and... Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. So it's an enormous concept to really have our minds renewed to. And that's why, you know, Jesus' parables, most of them related to teaching some type of kingdom principle. When you read the parables, you say the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he told a story. And so they're not just stories, but they're stories to reveal to us. They're parables to reveal, to give us a concept of what the kingdom is like so that we know how to exercise the authority that he deposited within us. Amen. So that was the, the past concept that we talked about. But in the present, uh, the kingdom of God is here and now. Uh, uh, the kingdom of God is, is in our midst. It's in our hearts right now. And it is manifesting the very power and presence of God. I like to uh, actually refer to what uh, the book of Luke talks about in Luke 17. Um, Luke 17 and the verses 20 and 21. In Luke 17, 20 and 21, this is what the word of the Lord says. It says, Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. And I'd like you to underline the word observation in your Bible. 
verse 21 says, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Now, the present nature of the kingdom of God is spiritual. It is not material or political. It is spiritual. And we carry the government of the kingdom of God in our hearts with all of its authority and power. It is God's pleasure to give us his kingdom. Uh, Just like the Bible says in Luke 12 and verse 32, it says that, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But the, the point is that we miss the purpose of the kingdom of God for our lives because uh, uh, we are not willing to allow God to, um, to change us from the inside. Uh, the fact that the kingdom of God does not come with observation or careful observation means that we cannot assess the kingdom of God by our reasonable efforts. It's not by our strength that we can assess the kingdom of God. Um, It is just like the parable of the ten virgins that we studied last week, uh, that uh, it actually takes the word and the spirit to bring about a change in our lives. The word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. It's what we must trust in to bring about the transformation, the new way of thinking, kingdom thinking. Yep. Can't do it without God's word and without the Holy Spirit. You cannot. <laughs> you ever notice when you read the, in Romans 12, is a familiar verse when it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. It says, be transformed. It doesn't say, don't be conformed to the world, but transform yourself. It's not something you can do yourself. Right. It's trusting in kingdom principles that causes transformation to take place. That's true. And, and I was actually blessed by a scripture which I read this morning in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, which talks about the fact that uh, uh, God has made everything beautiful in his time, and also he has put eternity in the hearts of men, and, and so that uh, uh, no one can find out the works that God does from beginning to end. Um, Actually, becoming part of God's kingdom requires a complete change of heart. That's where repentance begins from. Um, And and if we allow God, or if we yield to the word and the spirit, then God can indeed change us from inside out. Because uh, the purpose of the kingdom of God um, is to manifest the kingdom, heavenly kingdom, Kingdom principles right here on earth. You remember when? Present, present tense. Correct. <laughs> so it's past. It already has taken place. But yet we're to apply it by faith and believe and receive it present tense. Right. But then there's also something more yet to come. Right? Yes, that will be the, the future. So uh, in the future, the kingdom of God is coming. It's coming. Yes. So we've talked about the past, the present. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He said it already came. Jesus said it came. came. Then how can it come if it already came? That is the dynamics (laughs) of the kingdom of God. It has come. 
in the past, and it is right here and now in our midst, in our hearts, and the Bible says that it is coming in the future. Um, if we turn our Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 17 again, and the verse 24, and then also Matthew 24, verse 30, uh, we can see what I'm talking about here, that God's kingdom will be revealed in its full power and glory when God, Jesus appears again uh, the second time. So in Luke 17, verse 24, the Bible says that, for as the lightning and flashes, for, sorry, for as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. It's referring to the future when he will come again. And also in uh, Matthew 24 and the verses 30, verse number 30. The scriptures say that then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So he is coming again and all will see his glory. So where are we? You know, you're talking about a, a past and then the present, and then you're, now you just make reference to a future, the kingdom of God is coming. Where are we at today? What's, what time frame are we in? So I believe that we are, in the, we are between the kingdom, the kingdom come and the kingdom coming. Between the kingdom come, come and the kingdom, kingdom coming. coming. Here and right now and it's coming. And that's why we need to live by faith, right? Uh, we need to live by faith so that we can enjoy the benefits of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God and its benefits are at, at our disposal so that we can enjoy salvation, we can enjoy healing, the signs and wonders, and the gift of the Spirit. And even though uh, we have all of these things at our disposal, there is still yet another level of the kingdom of God, which is yet to come. In that, there will be no more suffering, there will be no more death, we will not even be worrying about coronavirus, uh, none of that. Uh, there's going to be absolute tranquility, peace, and joy uh, in that kingdom. So the absolute peace and joy and healing and so forth, that's the 100% completion. Not even wrestling with it anymore. Right. But right now, we can receive that by faith. We can receive By that. faith. We can receive the protection, the provision of God by faith. By faith, yes. Wow. So that's a lot of information, a lot to digest, and a lot to you know have our minds renewed to. Right. But another verse I want to uh, want you to uh, just talk about briefly in closing here this morning is that in in John chapter three, uh, most of us are familiar with John three sixteen. It says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. But earlier in that conversation with Nicodemus, Jesus made this statement in John chapter 3. It's in verse 3. He said that unless a man is born again, unless a person is born again, he cannot see 
the kingdom of God. Right. So unless we're born again, we can't see, we can't comprehend what you're talking about. Right. I mean, what, what discussion we're having, I've been born again for a few years now, and it still stretches my mind and my imagination. To go, All right, there's so much more. There's so much more. I, I'm not seeing it in its fullness yet. I'm not experiencing I'm certainly not uh, experiencing it in its fullness. You know, I'm not walking in the fullness of uh, the kingdom authority where I Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. It just works like magic for me. It's just I have a magic wand. I say the word and it's done. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I believe there's so much more to the authority that I have as a believer. But recognizing that first and foremost, if I, don't, if I want to see it, I need to be born again. Right. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. I am born again and I'm still working on having my understanding open. So... How would you close us out with the importance of that statement? Unless we're born again, we cannot see. Right. So um, the declaration of the arrival of the kingdom of God begins with repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It is only when we uh, recognize that we are sinners and we give our life totally and completely to Jesus Christ and we say, come into my heart, be the Lord and Savior of my life. Wash me with the blood. That is when we are transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, where Jesus rules, where he is king, where he can be king in our hearts and in our minds. And, and, uh, and so if you will actually come to that point this morning and say, Lord, I want you in my heart. Come into my heart this morning and be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want you to rule in me. Then there's going to be that transformation. There's going to be that um, transition from wherever you are right now, which is not pleasant, to the kingdom of God, to the place where Jesus is king in your life. Uh, I want us to take a moment right now I want us to all bow down our heads, and I want you to speak to God, talk to God. You will say that uh, I've been born again, just like Pastor Ray just said, but you are still struggling, and it appears as though the kingdom of darkness is rather having dominion in your life. You want to pray and ask Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want your kingdom to rule in my life. I want you to make that prayer right now. And if today is the first time you are going to make such prayer, I want you to just slip up your hand and we'll pray a special prayer with you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We invite you into our lives. We invite you into our spirits. We say, Lord, may you rule and reign in us so that our Father, Sin shall no longer have dominion of our lives, but that you, you, wash us with the blood and make us whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. It's powerful. Thank so you. So much to, uh, to meditate on, to, to ponder, so much room to grow. Next Sunday morning, we're going to continue with part three of this, and we're going to be talking about uh, characteristics that are unique to the kingdom of God. Again, 
just to help us to, to, to bring about revelation, to give us some clues as to what we're to be seeking when we're to seek first the kingdom. Right. So if I were to tell you to go out there and find something and not give you a description of what you're looking for, you, you'll come back next week frustrated. <laughs> but if I go to tell you to go out and find my house and I define my house, I describe my house and I tell you what street my house is on, you probably wouldn't have much trouble finding it because you have enough characteristics and clues as to how to find it. But we have plenty of characteristics and clues for the kingdom. We just haven't been paying attention to them and then receiving them and then acting out on them. So praise God. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Pastor praise Ray. God. Uh, we love you all. We pray for you to have a terrific rest of the week. May the grace of God and the peace of God and the favor of God just continue to uh, go before you and all around you, on your, you and your children and your children's children. And have a blessed, prosperous, healthy week. God bless you all, and we hope to see you next Sunday morning. God bless.